First thing I want to do, um, you can go to the website, welcometocfc.com, and give online from there, or you can mail it in uh, to Post Office Box 1427, La Rosa, Louisiana, 70373. Or those of you that's here, you could scan that little bonhomme, that the chuchuri, the barcode thing, and one of the links will be that uh, straight to take you to uh, give online. So uh, what I want to do is go ahead and read uh, this morning from John chapter 6, verse 11. And this is where they had over 5,000 people, and Jesus wanted to feed them. And how many of you know God can make a way where there seems to be no way? Amen. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus then t took the loaves, five little barley loaves, five little French bread. I think Jesus was Cajun. I, I think so. Because he's feeding French bread and fried fish. That's what he's getting ready to feed people. So he said, Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated uh, as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that God is our provider? Amen. And we trust in him. We understand that times get tough. We understand that, you know, our faith gets tested. But God says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. So God, God's always faithful. So what we're going to do is, uh, Aliska's going to play softly on the uh, piano here. We got three blue baskets, blue gray baskets on the front. What we ask is that uh, you just start making your way out your seat, drop it off in a basket, continue social distancing, and make your way back to your seats. All right. So let's let's come bring our offer. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I forgot to uh, say our prayer, and I put my offering on. My mind's going 90 miles an hour. I know I got to get back to the base over there. <laughs> Amen. Take your offering and hold it in your right hand this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I believe in the supernatural power of God to multiply what I give to meet the needs in my church and in my life. I give with a spirit of expectation and faith. This is my kingdom investment, and I believe the bank of heaven and all its resources will be released. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now come on up here and drop off your offer.
many of you are ready to worship the Lord this morning? Amen. 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 Okay, what are the rest of you ready for? How many of you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Amen. 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 Let's stand to our feet as we have our call to worship this morning. Our call to worship is from Psalms 34, verses 1 through 4. This is the Living Bible Translation. And I, I just fell in love with this, these uh, four verses over the last couple of months. It says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of my sorrows, my... No. <laughs> it says, I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. I will boast of all His kindness to me. Let all who uh, are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. For I cried to him, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Father, we just come to you this morning. Father, we ask that you move in this place today. Father God, we lift up all those that are watching online right now, all those that are in the building right now, Father God. Father, we just ask that you have your way. Thy will be done in our lives as it is in heaven, Father God. Father God, bring change to each and every one of us. Soften our hearts, Father God. Put inside of us a heart of worship this morning, Father God. As we worship you, Father God, the cares of this world will begin to melt off of us, Father God. We know that you in inhabit the praises of your people, Father. So come and fill this place this morning in Jesus' mighty, precious name. And everyone says, Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus.
Oh! 
morning, let's just lift up our praises to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. We're going to give God our best praise this morning. We're going to give God a shout of joy. We're going to begin to see miracles in this house this morning. As we lift up our praises to the King of Kings. Lord of Lords, His glory will begin to fall in this house. Do you believe it this morning, church? Do you believe it this morning, church? Come on, shout like you believe it, church. Shout like you believe it, church. We worship you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands right now. Father, we just come to you this morning. Father, we humble ourselves before you and we lift up our nation to you right now, Father. Father, I pray for each and every person in this building right now, each and every person watching online this morning, Father. Father, that they would truly experience your presence this morning, your life-changing presence in their life. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move and work in each and every situation that's going on out there, Father. You know, even before we ask, Father God, you care so much for each and every one of us that you've given your only son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of each and every one of our sins. So, Father, we know that you're a God that's more than able and more than capable to meet any need that we have in our life, Father God. Those that need a healing in their body, those that are battling COVID right now, Father God, we speak life, health, and restoration to them right now, Father God. We cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ right now by his stripes. We are healed. We call them healed right now, Father God. We thank you for that today, Father. And Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone says... Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. You could be seated as we dismiss our kids three, four, and five to their classes right now. Amen. Amen. We have some special guests here this morning from, uh, I want to say Alexander, Montgomery, Louisiana. That's right. They moved up from way up north up there. Uh, I think Santa Claus lives two houses up from them, uh, up north there. But they're here to share the word of the Lord with us this morning and what they're doing uh, around the world things. Uh, so if you would, let's just give a, a hand clap to Brother Danny and Sister Delia Hill. Well, hallelujah. I take this thing off. Glory to God. It is such a tremendous pleasure to be here with you. Praise the Lord. Can you close your eyes for just a moment and let's welcome the Holy One of Israel to do something inside of each of us this morning. Put your finger to your heart. Say, Lord, I want to be changed. I want to reflect who you are. I want to never more be the same. But I want to shine Jesus so that other lives will be changed. In your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, did you mean that? You know he's listening. <laughs> you know, most people don't realize God listens to what you say. He really does. It's a privilege to be here. And I just want to shout the victory. You say, what are you shouting the victory about? I'm shouting the victory because we've got another day to live, another day to declare that Jesus is Lord, another day to share Jesus Christ, another day to simply live who Jesus is through our life so that somebody somewhere will see Jesus in and through you. Amen? That's something to shout about, amen? You know, when all this year, all the things that have occurred, everything, of course, we in Louisiana can say everything from hurricanes, you know, everything else. And one of those hurricanes, I mean, we got affected by two of them. And one of them acted like a huge, big old tornado. Ain't that right, Danny? It was weird. I thought... Man, oh man, the devil must really be mad. <laughs> you know, but he can, he can just get glad in the same britches. You know why? Because Jesus is Lord. Not one of us lost our lives. 
We're still here, still going on, glorifying Jesus. Now, I don't want to see those sad uh, smiles. I want to see happy smiles. Can you smile real big? Why? Because you're alive and you're in Jesus. And you have the answer for this hour. Amen? Amen. I like what... uh, I like what Brother Scott said, that he thought that Jesus was part Cajun. Amen? I have said that for years. I mean, everywhere I go, I tell people, I said, you know what? I said, you know, I work with the Jews. Amongst the Jews, we do work, you know. And I'm telling you what, they act just like us Cajuns. Man, they just say what they think. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And they just simply enjoy life. And like he said, they have good bread over there. Not quite our pool boy bread, but I mean, they got good bread over there. And so I just, you know, I thought, well, there's somebody else that thinks Jesus is part Cajun. You know, because, you know, I've said that for years. When all these things began this year, there's a couple of things that God spoke to me that I want to share with you before Brother Danny brings the main word to you this, uh, this morning. One thing that God told me when everything was happening, he says, I want you to tell my people that I'm not looking at the unbelievers and what they're doing and all the sinners and all this stuff. He said, I want you to tell them that I am looking at my people who are called by my name. If they will humble their own individual self, repent unto me for their own wicked ways and sins, then I will hear them, I will forgive them, and I will heal their land. And he says, remind them everywhere you go that I'm looking to them to see whether they are praying unto me. You understand? Now, this is a tremendous mandate. But do you understand? This is what being a Christian is all about. Is your relationship and your intimacy with the Lord. That's what he's looking at. You know, I mean, everybody gets upset and, you know, about all these different things, everything from government to taxes to politics to everything else. I don't get upset anymore. I just say, well, I'm just going to praise the Lord, and I just go on with Jesus, and I just think about Jesus, and I, and I look forward to the day that we're going to be standing before him face to face, and I really don't think it's going to be long off. You remember I had an accident in November of 2018, November 2nd, doing much better. Thank you for your prayers. Hallelujah. And God has tremendously done a work, and so I'm just thanking the Lord, because I told him, I said, you told me that I'm still here he told me this right after the accident. He said, you're still here because you, you didn't finish your race. And he said, you've got to go and finish your race. So he said, go and finish it quickly because he says, I'm coming soon, and I'm coming sooner than you or anyone else thinks. Now, that was November 2018. This is now November 2020. How much closer are we to the coming of the Lord? Now, the next thing I want to tell you is what he has really, really been... I mean, pounding into my soul and my spirit and my mind and my heart for the last few months, actually the last 11 months, I want to say. And this is what he told me, and it's for you as well as as it is for me because I've preached it, I've uh, spoken it. And by the way, uh, we are still sending messages overseas. They're being translated. They're going all throughout Israel, through the Soviet Union, Ukraine, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. It's even reaching into cities we've never been before. And so I just want you to know how you're affecting the world because you're a part of us. We're still feeding people in Israel. And God is touching them. We go and knock on the door. We got it laying there. 
got our mask on, social distance, and then we ask them if they need prayer. Many of them, these are making aliyah, okay? They just come into the country and everything else. And then we ask them, you know, do you have a need? Can we pray for you? And many of them are giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are still reaching out to the Holocaust survivors, and many of them are getting saved. Can you imagine? being in your 80s and 90s and getting saved, hearing the gospel for the first time. So that is what you are a part of. I want you to realize that. Now, all I can tell you is that we're not able to, you know, officially speak to a lot of people at this point, you know, because of the worldwide situation. But just know this, in every country that we go, God is moving still. It has not stopped him. And that is what you're a part of. Everything that we can to get overseas, we get it overseas so that they can utilize it to reach out and touch lives for Jesus. Amen? Now, the thing that God has really been telling me for the last 11 months is that all of this that's happening right now, where we're at in the timetable of God, he said, tell them it's all about perspective. I thought, okay, perspective, God. He said, yeah, he said, there's three perspectives. He said, number one, they can look through their own eyes and try to do supernatural things naturally. And he said, then there's the way of the enemy, where he will distract you, confuse you, cause you to get worried and discouraged and all these different things. But he said, then there's my perspective. And he said, you tell them that whatever they choose, the perspective they choose is going to determine their walk of victory. Now, to qualify, that I want to just share just a couple of things before Brother Danny comes. I'll try to make this real, real quick. There were two people that I've studied. Actually, you know, I've got a whole message on this. But there are two people I want to specify for you to look up. I want you to look up Genesis 15, where Abraham was given the Abrahamic covenant. How many of you remember that? Amen. And you know that Abraham was not a Jew. He was a goy, a Gentile like you and me. And he was termed a Jew because the term Jew means one who believes God. And because he believed God, he count, uh, God counted it unto him as righteousness. But then I, the Lord says, look at this real deep. He said, when I came to Abraham and I began to speak to him about covenant, he said, what did I do? I took him outside and I told him to gaze up at the stars and that if he could count them, it will mean you know, how much his heritage, his, uh, you know, lineage will be. How many of you are following me? You see, if Abraham looked at himself, he didn't even have a descendant. But God said, look at the stars. And see, when God is going to do miracles and when he's going to lead you in your life because you're going to follow him and not your desires, not your dreams, not trying to do supernatural things through the natural means, not even doing natural things through the natural means. You're supposed to be walking this life as a supernatural being in Christ Jesus. But Abraham looked and as he gazed, he believed what God said and walked there in it. Now, he didn't have any physical proof. He couldn't see it by his eyes. But you see, that is how God works. People, God is a supernatural God, and he is far beyond our understanding. 
He even says it in his word that, that his ways are much higher than ours. His wisdom much higher than ours. So we need to begin to comprehend that we need to walk in the perspective of God. He said that Abraham was going to have, you know, lineage that would, you know, go down the road. And the Messiah came forth out of his lineage. And because of this, Abraham, and by the way, I heard a Jew, a rabbi speak this week. Very interesting. Because, man, I mean, that man could rattle off scriptures and, you know, rattle off the, uh, the Hebrew and the, the Aramaic and everything else that he was. And I like stuff like that. Anyhow, he even said this. He said, I want you to understand that the Abrahamic covenant was not meant for us Jews. It was meant for the whole world. And I thought, yes. First time I ever heard a Jewish man, a rabbi at that, that spoke the truth of what God has shown me. That when that, that covenant was made, all right, so God called Abraham his friend. Amen? Does not God say that he becomes our friend? God says he becomes our friend. But do you know what? Abraham became God's friend. You know, God can be your friend, but you may not be God's friend. Then I want you to take a, a, a moment and just read at home Exodus 32 through 34. Talking about Moses. You know, everybody likes to talk about... You know, when Moses said, I want to see your glory. How many of you remember that? Exodus 33. How many of you would like to see God's glory? Ooh, not too many hands. How come? <laughs> the only reason that you wouldn't want to see God's glory is that you got something to hide. Come on, Cajuns, y'all honest now. And so Moses, it starts, you know, I first, you know, was looking at Exodus 33 and Exodus 32 because that's where the Lord had told me to begin. But then after you saw what Exodus 32 was, here was all these Jews that were just ascending up one side down the other. You know, he comes off the mountain and he gets mad and aggravated and uh, breaks the tablets. You remember that? And I'm just paraphrasing this morning because you can read it later. And so after I go through all of this, God said to me, he says, I called Moses my friend. And I kept thinking about that because I've been praying to the Lord way since 1999. Lord, I want to be your friend. You see, being God's friend means that not only do you trust God, but God can trust you. And that is the difference. So here's Moses. He said, now go on to, you know, I saw 33, you know, I like to, oh Lord, show me your glory. I mean, wouldn't you like to see that brother? (laughs) I mean, I would, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm heaven bound, you know. I'm like Danny. I got an escape mentality. Pray that we can escape all these things that shall happen. I'm just, I'm a pantheologist. It's all going to pan out. I'm just going to be ready to go, okay? So just be like that, okay? And so he says, go on to 34. And so I went to 34. And this is where, you know, Moses is up on the mountain. But God, by his own choice, and how many of you realize that you can't control God? Anybody in here think you can? I'll cast a lion demon out of you right now, okay? But, I mean, you can't control God. God is sovereign. He is Lord God of heaven and earth. And a lot of people say, well, you can't say that, you know, because the enemy does all these things, and, you know, people make choices. I said, God is so sovereign that he gives us the ability to choose. And according to our choices, he does things. Think about what I just said. Anyhow, tell me to go to Exodus 34. Here comes the glory of God. And God, I believe it was Jesus, the often presence of the Lord. And uh, God walks before Moses and he said, The Lord, he is gracious, 
The Lord, he is good. He's abundant in grace and mercy and goodness to thousands of generations. And, you know, what would you be doing? Here's Moses. He's there. And he was the one that asked God that all these sins that these people were doing to write his own name out of the book just so that he could, you know, save these Israelites. And in Exodus 34, God just begins to expound who he is in front of Moses. At that moment, Moses grabbed a permanent perspective of God. And his thinking began to be like God's thinking. He willingly began to do things as God would do them and not as their self. You know, his own self. Because immediately, you know what he did? He falls to the ground and he worships God because he discovered that God was giving him what the satisfaction of his soul to know the living God for who he is and not just for what he does. And at that moment, as he fell to the ground in worship, he said, Lord, if I have found grace in your sight, I ask that you take these stubborn and stiff-necked people for your inheritance. He became a true intercessor. I think he had the heart of God and knew. And, you know, God called him his friend. Now, God says he's our friend, but are you God's friend? If you are, you're going to be looking through all that you go through. I know what Brother Scott shared. That was really good. I thought, God, now I know why you wanted me to say this. Because, you see, people, it doesn't matter what we go through. If we go through the storm, he'll be there. But just know that you go through things, but God is always there. It's the matter of perspective in the situation that you cling to that matters. Amen? Welcome, Brother Danny, as he comes. By the way, if you'd like to be on our mailing list, you're more than welcome to give your name and address to us. We'll get you on it. And just know this, you are a part of everything we're doing. And all of the countries we go to send their love and their prayers. They are praying for you. Hallelujah. We're more glad to see you than you are to see us. Oh, here we go. I got to say this. You all look so young. I'm fixing to have a birthday next next month okay on on 28th i'll be 65 years old so this is what i figured out everywhere i go people say well you don't look your age and then i thought i came up with this idea so you listen very closely it is the crawfish from down the bayou that's got something in it it's a youth potion and so keep eating your crawfish Hallelujah. It is good to see you. We take a lot of things for granted, don't we, in America, but this year has opened our eyes to make us appreciate one of the things that we appreciate now more than ever is the ability to come into the house of the Lord and worship him together. I don't take it for granted. This is a privilege that we have. It's a blessing that we can come in the house of the Lord and worship God together. Would you bow your heads with me because I want to speak the word of the Lord today in such a way that every ear will hear 
and be able to understand by the Holy Spirit what God is saying in this hour so that we'll be prepared and be ready for the days ahead. Heavenly Father, we so thank you for your goodness. Each and every day, Lord, we see the goodness of God all around about us. And Father, we just thank you for you being so good to us and that your grace is always sufficient for our lives. That, Lord, you give us the faith that we need to take the next step to go on. We pray that in the days to come that our ears will be open to hear the Spirit of the Lord. And that, Father, you would be the true shepherd, the only one that we really follow. Lord, we will hear your word, and we will follow where you lead us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we are in the last days. We know it. The signs are all around us. We know you're coming soon, but there's a great work that needs to be done in these last days before you return. Let us be a part of what you're going to do. So, Lord, reach down inside of us and pull out the things that should not be and establish the things that should be so that, Lord, we can walk in your righteousness, your goodness, your love, so that those around us will see the glory that's upon our life and they will be drawn to the light that is shining out of us so that you will be glorified in the days to come. In Jesus' precious name, everybody says amen. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. Years ago, I came into a church service, and the Lord asked me a question. Danny, today, do you want a massage or do you want surgery? Many times we come to church, and we want to be massaged by God, and it feels so good. I, I like all of that, too. But I believe that there's times that God wants to actually do surgery on us and cut out the things that should not be. There are things that actually hinder us as believers. There's things that hinder us and keep us out from the blessings of God. And God wants to take those things out of us. Now, I believe that when we got born again, when we come to receive Jesus as Lord, there was a miracle that took place inside of us, and God gave us a new heart, a heart that no longer was bound up by the devil, a heart that was free to worship God, but I want you to know that we only stepped into a process when we got saved. And each and every day, we're in a process called sanctification. And in sanctification, God reaches inside of us and he changes us. By the grace of God, he changes us. None of us in here have arrived. None of us are perfect. We still make mistakes and we still have things inside of us that God cannot be glorified with. And so the Lord constantly, because of his love for us, he reaches down inside of us and he pulls those things out that should not be so that he can put more of who he is inside of him. I prayed several years ago that the Lord would fill me again. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and and all of these things, but I wanted to be filled again with the Spirit of God. You ever prayed that prayer? I mean, to overflowing. I wanted to be filled, and God spoke these words to me. I cannot fill you. And I said, why, Lord? He said, because you're too full of yourself. Now, I know that none of you have that problem in here. Y'all don't deal with pride and all these other issues of life. Y'all have already been perfected, praise the Lord. But all of us can be so full of ourselves at times. 
even we believers can get haughty and proud, thinking that we're better than everybody else, when actually the only thing that's good about any of us is the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus that lives inside of us. And the more we yield to his righteousness, the more all of our self-righteousness just melts away. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in this morning. God wants to take away all of this crud that we walk in, and some of us even have named it religion. God's not looking at our religion. He's looking at our heart because he's dealing with relationship, not religion. Hallelujah. Be turning to Matthew chapter 24, if you will. Have you ever seen such a year in your life as 2020? At the beginning of this year, one of our intercessors called us and said, the Lord spoke to me this morning that this is going to be a hellish year. Now, I didn't really want to hear that. But I want to tell you, this has been one kind of year. And I, in my lifetime, have never seen something that has affected the whole world. Not just America, but this so-called pandemic, COVID-19, is not just affecting us here in America. It's affecting every place in the world. And I wanted to know what God's up to. Now, I don't want to look at just the surface stuff that's going on. Because we can get so discouraged if we just look at the surface stuff. I want to see what God is doing in the midst of it all. Now, please hear me. I believe that God is still on the throne. I believe that God is still in control. I believe that he had a plan at the creation of the earth and mankind. And that creation or that plan that God had was to have a family. God has not changed his mind. He has not failed in his plan. When this is all said and done to God be the glory, he has fulfilled everything that he has desired. And we can praise God that he's a God that is a covenant-keeping God. And what he started many years ago, he's going to complete even till the end. If you don't believe that, you're going to be discouraged in the time that we're living in because there's a lot of things happening around the world. And if you're not aware of it yet, I want to tell you, Jesus is coming soon. Well, every hundred years, it seems like something comes like COVID-19. In the 1900s, early 1900s, we had the Spanish flu. And it seems like every hundred years, mankind has said, well, the coming of the Lord is at hand. When all of these things are happening around the world, they believe that the coming of the Lord has to be soon. What is the difference between now and back in the ages past? I'll tell you. All of the church was waiting for a fulfillment of prophecy that Israel would become a nation again and God would bring the Jews back to Israel from all over the world. That started in 1948 and it is still being fulfilled today. Listen carefully. If I understand scripture correctly, Jesus said all of these things will happen and these are the signs that will take place before the coming of the Lord. And I believe that the generation of that time when all of these things happen 
It will not pass, that generation will not pass before the Son of Man comes. That tells me Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I say Jesus is coming soon. Before I read this, I want to just share something with you. In 1985-86, God gave us a, a, a prophetic word when we were at Christ for the Nations. And he said, you'll be going to many nations in the world, but three main nations you'll be working in when Jesus comes will be Russia, which it was Russia then. Now it's split up in all the republics. Israel and China. Now in 1991, we went to the Ukraine and worked there, lived in that nation for years and started churches and a Bible school. And then God led us in 1994 to Israel. and We've been working in Israel ever since. And then in the last seven, I think it's seven years now, we've been going to China two times a year and ministering in China. We are now ministering in all of these nations that God told us we would be ministering in when Jesus would return. I believe that the Lord's coming very soon. When we got to Israel, and we started ministering there and raised up the church, and they, they named the church after our ministry here. We didn't tell them to do it. That's what they wanted to do. Rivers of Living Water, Israel. And there's a lady in Israel named Panina. Panina moved to Israel in 1970-something, and she's a very strong Christian, praying woman. And when she was there praying one day, she did not know how to speak Hebrew, but she had an open vision. And in this vision, she saw the Star of David. And at every point, there was Hebrew words written at that point, all the way around the Star of David. She didn't even know how to speak Hebrew, but she wrote it down on a piece of paper what she saw in this vision. Later, she learned how to speak Hebrew and understand it. And she said, Lord, what is this? And he said, these are the ministries that will be working in Israel when Jesus returns. And year by year, she began to see things happening. Well, she was invited to our ministry up in North Israel in Carmiel. She ministered. She didn't even know the name of the ministry. And afterwards, she asked our pastor there, can you tell me the name of your ministry? And she said, the name of the ministry is Rivers of Living Water Israel. The, the woman was shocked. The reason she was shocked is because through the years she saw all of the ministries come to Israel except one. And the last one to come to Israel was Rivers of Living Water. Listen carefully. We did not register our ministry till 1988. She had this vision way back in the 70s. And she had a word from the Lord that all of these ministries would come. Dealey and I wasn't even saved yet in 1970. We didn't get saved till 1981. My point is this. Number one, Jesus is coming soon. Number two, God knows you by name even before you get saved. Oh, hallelujah. And he knows what he has called you to do. Brother Allen, doesn't he? He knows what you are called to do, he has a plan for your life, every one of us. Now, you may think that you're not going to ever do anything for the Lord. Let me tell you something. God has a plan for you. I don't care who you are, man, woman, or child. God has a plan, a destiny for you, and he wants you to step into it and obey his will, and you'll see the blessings of God fall upon your life like never before. Hallelujah. My point is this. 
God is giving so many different prophetic words declaring to you and me that the Lord is coming very soon. Therefore, we need to be ready. Would you repeat after me? We need to be ready. How do we get ready? You stay intimate with God. Intimacy is the key to it all. And if you're not in love with the Lord today, I pray that you get born again before you leave this place and you fall in love with the Lord. I want you to know he loves you and he wants you to love him. But when he's returning, when he comes for us, he's going to be looking for those wise virgins that are walking in the love of God that love God more than anything else in this life. Now, do you love him? I hope you do. Matthew 24, the disciples... There was Jesus in Jerusalem, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple in Jerusalem, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. I want to stop there. We'll go on later. Hmm. The disciples wanted to show Jesus these buildings and the temple for a reason. In the Jewish culture during that time, they looked at the temple, they looked at the Pharisees and Sadducees, the rabbis, as being the thing that they needed to focus on, that it was important in order for their salvation. And you know, Jesus comes alone as the Messiah, the Son of God, and he tells them something about the rabbis. Accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That blows things away for them in their mind. The rabbis were something very, very important to them, and they thought that the only way they could probably get saved is through the rabbis. Secondly, they looked at the temple, the synagogue, as being not only a place of worship, but a place that would be their salvation. And here Jesus comes along and tells them the temple is going to be destroyed. The synagogue is going to be destroyed. All the buildings are going to be torn down. Years ago when I came here, I asked this church this question. What would you do if God never gave you anything else in this life? How would you react to God? We have now faced something that we've never faced in our lifetime here in America where our churches were closed down. And we could not even speak to our pastors. We couldn't even visit one another at that time. And many people wound up calling our office, our ministry, and they were so upset because they couldn't go to church. They couldn't talk to those in the church. They couldn't talk to the pastor because everything was upside down in this country. And they were really having an emotional struggle. And this is what Delia and I told every one of them. The church did not save you. The pastor did not save you. Even though you cannot go to church and even though you cannot have fellowship with believers, I want you to understand Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Savior. He's the one to focus on. Don't get distracted by all the stuff around you. If you lost everything else in this life, you would still have Jesus Christ. You have the most important thing of all. You see, I see things and Dealey sees things as missionaries. 
We go to other countries that don't have the blessings that we have, the freedoms that we have. And yet they can still worship God with all of their heart. Whether they are thrown in prison, whether they become martyrs, they are going to worship God all the way to the end. They have an understanding that it is about intimacy with God. And you can have intimacy in this church. You can have intimacy outside this church. It is not dependent on things that happen in this world. Your relationship with God is supernatural. It is a covenant that's been made between you and God. And if everything falls apart, God is still on the throne. And he's the one that you are to worship and focus on. Listen, we are being challenged right now to get back on focus and look to the Lord instead of all these things. We've looked to all these things, and there's things in the American church that are really messed up. Some people even thought that their spirituality was weighed by how much money they could obtain in this life. Listen carefully, please. Don't throw stones at me yet. Listen carefully. If what we preach here in America doesn't produce in every nation of the world, it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel will work in every nation, every kindred, every tongue. And God loves other nations just like he loves America. But I believe that many people in America, in the church, have become haughty thinking that God loves American believers more than he loves anybody else. And I want you to know that is just not true. Some of the greatest faithful servants of God I've met in other countries that are under tremendous persecution, but yet they're so humble, and they walk in such a spirit of love, and yet they honor the Lord in everything that they do. Their focus is on the Lord. If everything else falls apart, and I want you to know that today there are some nations that have actually closed churches and will never allow them to meet again. In some nations, it's actually illegal to be a Christian. Did you know that? And you can die or go to jail for being a Christian. What if something like that happened here in America? And they came into your house and they began to search your home. Would they find enough evidence of you being a Christian to convict you of a crime? Ooh. There are some people that believe that you don't talk about God or Jesus outside the church. It's taboo. You don't speak about the Lord or the things of God outside the church. My goodness, where did they get that philosophy from? Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. That's what the Lord says because you're a shining light. Don't take your light and shine it, uh, hide it up underneath a bushel basket. Put it on a hilltop that all can see. Go and share the good news of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to salvation. How can people come to who they do not know? How will they know unless somebody comes and tells them? How can that person go unless God sends them? And I know in my heart that God wants many people to go, but only a few actually accept the call. Hmm. The disciples must have been very distressed because here they are all excited about showing this beautiful temple. Is it really about how beautiful our churches are, our synagogues, our temples? The outward beauty of a building, is that what it's really all about? My friend, it's not. 
What is important with the things of God is that God's glory is upon his people and people that are living in darkness can see that glory. I love the ability to come and meet in this church. I'm so grateful that we can gather here today and be together as family. But what if the law was changed in America? And I want you to know that there are some in politics that's trying to change America and trying to take away the freedoms that we have. And one of those freedoms is freedom of religion. They want to do away with it basically because they want to destroy Christianity. Every other religion seems to have an open door, but Christianity is the one that's under attack here in America. Can you believe that? Some people are even declaring that this no longer is a Christian nation. I have news for you. Jesus is still Lord of America. This is a Christian nation. It was founded upon God's Word. One of the greatest nations, if not the greatest nation on planet Earth, because it's been such a lighthouse to the nations of the world. No other nation has sent out missionaries like America has to the nations of the world. And I know that God still is looking at America to bring salvation to its people. But I want you to know God's got to get us back in position. And I really believe that that's what the Lord is doing with us. And I really believe the Lord was doing that with his disciples. He was telling them, don't focus on the ministers. Don't focus on the church building. Focus on me. Focus on me. Focus on me. We don't have to worry about the materialism of the world. We don't have to worry about the things of the world. The, the heathen think on those things, and they dwell on those things. They idolize those things, but you and I don't have to worry about that. There's a scripture in the Bible that I love. Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You don't have to struggle with it. Let me ask you something. In all of this time that we've went through, has God taken care of you? You know, I have talked to pastors all across the United States, and you know what they told me time after time? Even though they could not meet in church, their tithes and offerings did not go down. They still was able to pay all their bills and send money to their missionaries and everything else that needed to be done. God took care of them. Now, how can that happen in the midst of a pandemic where God is still taking care of his people. Listen to me. God is faithful. He'll always take care of his people. If there's no food, he'll rain manna from heaven. If there's no water, he'll break open a rock and bring out a river. If there's no toilet paper, he'll show you how to tear up newspapers and magazines. Some of us are old enough to remember those days. <laughs> God is faithful. Some things that we call necessities are actually luxuries, and we take them for granted until the shelves become empty. Maybe y'all didn't have that down here. I've never seen such cruelty in grocery stores. They were wanting to kill each other over toilet paper. You know what's good about having to go through times of pressure? That when you get on the other side, you're so thankful that it's over. 
one of the problems of the last days that Paul addressed was people would become unthankful. He spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. People would become unthankful. This week is a time of thanksgiving. Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Much murmuring and grumbling and all has happened this year from so many different people. They're stressed out. And what the Lord told Dealey and I at the beginning of this year, be thankful. Be thankful. Don't dwell on the things that are happening. Be thankful. Do you have anything to be thankful for today? I know that some of you are going through very serious things right now. Some of us may not even understand what you're going through, but God understands what you're going through, and he's given you an ability to be thankful for who he is. That's the most important thing. Can you thank God for who he is and who he is in your life? Oh, glory. I am so grateful that the Lord saved me in 1981. I was on my way to hell. If I would have died that day, I would have went to hell. But God saved me. And I fell in love with the Lord. And he's the most important thing in my life. Is he the most important thing in yours? God loves you, but he wants you to love him back. He's put that love inside of you so that you can love him and you can love all of us. Hallelujah. Jesus was telling them that all of this was going to be destroyed. And they wanted to know very much what you and I want to know today. When is the end coming? What's going to happen? When are all these things going to take place? Jesus goes on and begins to say in these scriptures, he says that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There would be pestilences. There would be famines. There would be earthquakes. There would be all of these things that would come. And these would be signs. Say signs. These would be signs that all of it is coming to a close. Jesus was telling them. But then he says something amazing, and he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. And when I was studying that on my porch one morning, the Lord said, you have now entered into the beginning of sorrows. If that is a true word from the Lord, which I believe it is, then what we have now faced in 2020 is not the end there's other things that's going to come. If we are having difficulty with what we've already faced, what are we going to do in the days to come? Some people say that it cannot get any worse. Hmm. You don't have a clue. I have been in countries that went through economic collapse. It's not a pretty thing to, to be in. We were in the Ukraine when it collapsed. Their currency went from 30 coupons to a dollar to 250,000 coupons to a dollar. Millionaires become paupers overnight. Could it happen here in America where our money no longer had any value? If you are reaching for money and materialism and all of this stuff, I want you to know that it can happen so quick that you could lose it all. If you're looking at the things of this world to bring satisfaction and you're idolizing those things that are just temporary, 
They are called temporary for a reason because many of those things that we think are going to be there forever can be lost overnight. But there is one thing that you can hang on for all eternity, something that will never be moved, the cornerstone, the anchor to the soul, the everlasting God and Father. You can hang on to your relationship with God that no matter what happens around you, it is not going to be moved out of the way. It is going to be there for all eternity. Hallelujah. What if we're going to starve to death? Well, praise God. Think about it. What happens if you die? You go to heaven. Why are we so afraid to die? I'm 68 now, and I'm thinking more about heaven than I am the things on this earth. Maybe I'm on the downhill, I don't know, but I'm looking up. I want to go home to be with my Lord. Now, my mama just passed away at the beginning of this year. She was five weeks away from being 100. So if I've got her genes, unless the Lord takes me home before then, I might live to be 100. Who knows? I don't really want to live to be 100. I'm asking the Lord when my purpose is finished, Lord, I don't want to be a burden to Dealey or nobody else. Take me home. If I become more valuable up there than down here, take me home, Lord. Beam me up, Scotty. I want to go and see the Heavenly Father. I want to be around that throne. But what are you focused on? Are you focused on the things of this world? Are you focused on on your attendance in church or who your pastor may be? Are you focused on the things that may fall away? I want to share with you something. Years ago, a man had an open vision, and the vision involved seeing William Branham in heaven. And some of you may have read about William Branham. He was a very famous minister back in the Voice of Healing days. Tremendous miracles and signs and wonders took place in his ministry, but something happened at the end of his ministry that kind of twisted things, and anyway, he, he wound up dying at a very young age. I think he was in his 30s, and anyway, some people wondered if he made it to heaven, but this man who ministers in Mozambique, he has a, 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 either a vision or a dream, and he is in heaven, and there are millions of people around the throne of God worshiping the Lord. And he looked, and he, even though he didn't know William Branham on this earth, he knew him in heaven. I don't think we know less in heaven. I think we'll know more. And he walks up to William Branham. He said, Brother William, it's so good to see you here. Some people wondered if you made it to heaven or not. And he said, I have a question, Brother William. Why are you so far away from the throne? With your tremendous ministry, you need to be way up at the very throne itself. Why are you so far back? And William Brand said, you don't understand. I am where I belong. In my life, there came a time that I traded my intimacy with God for intimacy with ministry. Listen carefully. We people in the church can do the same thing. We can come to church, and we can be touched by God, and then we can go back home, and we can live a life like the devil himself. 
And God is not pleased when we are just living for God on a very short time basis each week. Christianity is seven days a week, 24 hours a day. When you wake up in the morning, you should be thanking God for who he is in your life. When you go to bed, you need to be praising the Lord and worshiping him. You are a Christian 24-7. You're a Christian before your family. You're a Christian before your job. You're a Christian no matter where you go, not just in the church house. You can play Christianity here at church, but God is following you home, and he sees everything you do, and he hears everything you say. He knows how you treat your wife. He knows how you treat your husband. He knows how you treat your children and grandchildren. He sees everything. For some reason, we think that when we are away from the pastor, that we can do whatever we want to do as long as he don't know what's going on. He is not your judge. He's a blessing. He's the pastor that God has given, but he is not the judge. And whether we are believers here today or unbelievers, all of us are going to be judged one day, and God's going to judge us by every thought, every action, every deed, every word that we did. Now listen carefully. Unbelievers are going to be judged for their sin, but we're going to be judged by our works when we stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, the, the white throne, not the Bama. What am I trying to say, Brother Allen? Huh? Judgment seat of Christ. Thank you. I'm 68. You got to forgive me. Some things come in, just go slap through without even hitting the brain. <clears throat> All of us are going to stand before the Lord one day. We're going to have to give account. I want to be able to stand there and God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou in into the rest of the Lord. I want to hear those words. Those words would be more precious than anything you could ever tell me here on earth because they would be coming from the Lord himself. I believe that we are in the beginning of sorrows now. Now I'm going to try to quickly close. When I was in Bible school praying for revival in this nation, God spoke these words to me. Revival is going to come, but it's not going to come until a shaking comes first. And I want you to know that what is going on right now all around us is a shaking. A shaking because in a shaking, you discover who you really are. You see, we may think that we have strong faith when everything is going good. When all your bills are paid and you've got a good job and all your family serving the Lord and your marriage is strong and healthy and everything is going good, you can stand and declare that you have strong faith. And you can even believe that all of this is happening, all this good is happening because of your faith. I believe in faith, but I also know that things are going to happen. But what happens if the bottom falls out? What happens if things come our way? Our faith is tested, like Brother Scott said earlier. If our faith is tested, what is our faith going to show? You see, in the test is where we really discover where our faith stands. Hello. We were called this year by people that 
are condemning their self because they were taught a faith message that if they had enough faith, they would never have any problems in life. And now what is happening is affecting everybody around the world, and now they're testing their faith. They're trying to find where did their faith miss the mark. They named it, claimed it, blabbed it, grabbed it, believed it, and supposedly received it, but yet nothing happened. And so they were upset, wondering if they were even saved. I went to the Bible, and there's a parable that Jesus speaks. He said, when a man hears my word and does my word, he's like a man that builds his house upon the rock. And when the winds come and the waves crash, the house will stand and not fall. But if the man hears the word of the Lord but does not do the word of the Lord, he's like a man that builds his house upon the sand. And when the winds come and the waves come, the house will be destroyed because it was built upon sand. Please hear me. This is what the Lord showed me. There is not a promise in that parable that winds and storms will not come to believers. Actually, it come upon both, those on the rock and those on the sand. But the difference was their heart was pure before God. Their house was built upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus. And even though the storm came, their house stood in the storm. It was not destroyed. Are you listening to me? What is the difference then between a believer and unbeliever? All of us are going to have storms in life and all of us are going to have tribulation in life. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The difference between a believer and an unbeliever is this. When you and I go through storms of life, we do not go through it by ourselves. He carries us through. When we go through the fire, we'll not be burned. When we go through the water, we'll not be drowned because he's got us by the hand and he's going to carry us all the way through. Mm. Some of you needed to hear that because you're facing overwhelming odds right now and you wonder how you're going to make it another day. This is how you're going to make it. Jesus is Lord. He's already overcome the world. He's going to carry you through all the way to the end. And the worst thing that can happen is that you will die. And when you die, you go to heaven. You go to heaven. It's a win-win situation. I'm not going to turn to it, but in closing, in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it is, it talks about refuse not him who spoke on earth, because as he speaks from heaven, don't refuse in other words, don't refuse hearing what God has to say. Don't refuse the word of the Lord. Don't refuse what God says. And he says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken and cause to remove those things that can be removed. But what will be left remaining are those things that are eternal in God and they cannot and will not be shaken away. What God is saying in that is in these last days there is a shaking that is coming on all of our lives. 
not to bring harm to us, but to bring change to us. All of us need to be changed. And the reason we need to be changed is because God is wanting us to refocus on the Lord, to look at his perspective of things and not man's or not the devil's, and to trust him to carry us on through. God is shaking things out of our life. Have you wondered why 2020 has been so difficult on your life this year? Every one of us in here, we've had some kind of shaking going on. All of us have been shaken with what's happened, whether it be hurricanes or whether it be COVID, whether it be the politics in America, whatever it is. We've all been shaken, and our faith was being tested. Let me ask you, has your faith stood the test? Have you been able to still stand in your faith? Well, you're here today. That's a good sign. You're still interested in God. That's a good sign. You're still hanging on to the Lord. That's a good sign. There's many that are no longer connected with God. They not only left the church, they've left God too. I pray for them that God will bring them back where they need to be, but their faith wasn't strong enough. Is your faith going to be strong enough to handle the things that will come? I pray that they will. This shaking, when I was praying about this shaking, the Lord brought me back to the old time days when we used to take flour and we would put it in what we called a sifter. Some of you young folks don't know what a sifter is. But a sifter is where you'd put flour in this thing. And it had a little paddle inside of it that would paddle that flour around. And the reason we did that is because bugs would get in the flour in the old days. And women didn't want that protein in their biscuits. So they wanted to get that out. You understand? And so they would do this sifter to get out the bad stuff, and only the good stuff would come out. And I really believe that the Lord is sifting the house of God in this hour because he is wanting a glorious church that's without spot or wrinkle, no bugs, no protein of the wrong kind. God wants to clean house, glory to God, because he's coming soon, but he's coming for a very specific kind of people. He's coming for a glorious church that's without spot or wrinkle. And I still believe that there's a tremendous move of God that's coming in these last days. Dealey and I have felt for years that there's going to be a worldwide revival. And even here in America, we're going to see a great awakening in these last moments. But it's not going to be done in the ways of the past. It's going to be done as God reveals his glory to his people and through his people. The reason that judgment seems to have begun in the house of God is because it has. And God is now sifting out stuff in our lives that don't belong so that there will be purity there so that we once again will receive the glory of the Lord upon our lives and we won't even have to say a word. People will see the glory upon our lives and those that are in darkness will come to that light to receive Jesus as Lord. There are so many people now that are asking questions. I don't know if you've noticed it. It reminds me of the 1980s down the bayou when so many people began to ask things about God. And there was a tremendous move of God in the 70s and 80s down this bayou. Many people 
They became interested in the things of God. They got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I sense something like that is about to happen again, but in greater measure than ever before. Please hear me. I close with this. Be ready. Be filled with God. Be filled with the glory of the Lord because there's going to come a day people are going to walk up to you and they're going to have questions. You need to be willing to answer them, not just with words, but with a lifestyle that glorifies the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. You say, oh, Brother Danny, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't know what you've been through, but you can still be thankful because God is still on the throne and God loves you. Mm. What greater treasure that can you and I have than to know that God loves us. God loves us. He loves us. And I love him because he first loved me. Praise God. Will you close your eyes, please? Is there anyone in the house today? Anyone that may be watching by video? You don't have a relationship with God. You've been in religion all your life, maybe. Maybe you, you go through all of the, the rituals that go on in church, but yet you've never opened your heart and said, Lord, today I want to surrender my life to you and I want to give you everything that I am. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. and Today is the day that you can come to know him as Lord and Savior. I don't know your heart, but God does. Maybe there's someone that your heart is burning to know God. You're wanting to know the Lord in a real way, not in a religious way, not in a traditional way, but a real way. Today is the day that you can come to know him. And I want to pray this prayer, a prayer that I have led people in all over the world. And I want you to repeat these words after me. Maybe you're one of those that need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ today. He loves you. He paid a tremendous price for you. But you have to receive what he has given. And today is your day that you can open your heart and receive. Would you repeat after me, please? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He came to this earth. He died for my sin. He arose from the dead as Savior and Lord. Today, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. And I give you my life. I thank you for forgiving me. And from this day forward, I receive you as Lord and Savior. And I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, Father, only you know the ones that prayed with an open heart to receive. And I thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit and the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you washed them from their sin, sealed them with the Holy Spirit, filled them with the Spirit of God so that they can serve you with all of their life from this day forward. I thank you, Lord, that you so loved us. You sent your Son to die for us. What a tremendous price you had to pay to redeem us from the sins of this world. 
I thank you, Father, for your goodness. In the days to come, lead them by your spirit. Let your glory be upon them, and let your glory flow through them. In Jesus' name, amen. One last prayer, then I'm going to give it back to Brother Scott. I know that some of you are facing overwhelming things, and nobody in this church probably even knows what you're facing. I want to pray for you specifically. Maybe some of you are battling some kind of sickness and disease in your body. Jesus, or the Lord says that he is Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. Maybe some of you are having difficulty being bound for whatever reason. Maybe it's fear or whatever. He's our deliverer. He can set us free. Jesus is the answer for everything today. Maybe you don't have enough finances. Maybe you're struggling through things. He is the provider. He's the Jehovah Jireh. He can take care of everything that you need. So I want to pray for the needs in this house today and also those that may be watching by video. I want to pray that God will meet every need according to his riches and glory and that you will not be lacking in any way because God is your supplier in all things. So one more time, can we bow our heads and pray? Lord, you said that you are all sufficient, that, Lord, you can take care of everything in our life. And, Lord, we trust you that, Lord, you have and will take care of every issue in our life. I pray, Father, that needs be met today, whether it be salvation in the family, whether it be healing in the bodies and the mind and the emotions, whether it be deliverance, Lord, from things that have bound them. Lord, whether it be financial problems, you are the great provider. Lord, I thank you for your protection. There's someone here that needs protection by the Spirit of God. And I pray, Lord, that you will bring protection upon them, that the blood of Jesus Christ will be upon them. No weapon formed against them will prosper, because greater are you that's in them than he that's in the world. I thank you, Father, that if you're for your people, nothing can be against them. So I thank you, Father, that today, that, Lord, you look at every heart, every need, and, Father, heaven comes to earth, and you meet that need now according to your riches and glory. I thank you for the fulfillment of it now, and Lord, I'm very careful to give you all the praise and the honor and glory forever and ever in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement says amen. God bless you. Praise God. Amen, amen. How many of you know that the God of the mountain is the same God of the valley? Amen. The God of the mountain is the same God of the valley. Jesus told us, in this world we will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcame the world. Hang on. Just keep hanging on. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we dismiss this morning. Father, I thank you for your word that was brought here this morning. And Father, as we leave this place, Father, I pray that each and every one of us would be a light into this world. Father God, that we walk out, Father God, and know that there are lost people out there, Father God. And let our, our light shine and lead them to you, Father. Father, I pray for protection for all those that will be traveling on the roads uh, over this holiday weekend, Father God. And camp your angels about them and protect them. Protect the families as they gather, Father God, from uh, this virus that's going around, Father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone says... Amen. Hallelujah. We'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. God bless.